on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. We're staying six feet away from anything but a great beer. Mm-hmm. That's up close. Yep, right there, Dave. And in our face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Today we're going to have... Mike told me I'm number one. <laughs> a bottle share number one. <laughs> bottle shares are the beer nerd equivalent of a potluck dinner. Bottle shares are also a great chance to share something new that you've been wanting to try and you're hoping that the other one brings it and, you know, or something that you've been saving for a while, waiting for a big share, you know? Something no. sitting in the cellar gathering dust. Yeah. Like, what am I going to drink this crap? Right, right, this right. This is terrible. How can I yeah. inflict this on How other people? <laughs> How can I make sure Mike has to drink this raspberry beer? I brought the green jello. <laughs> We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoking host the good old boys Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Gather around, grab a chair, sit down, have something to cleanse the palate, and get ready. Cold yeah. and wet. Yeah. Because here we are. This is a defective plan before we've started. <laughs> I just want to say that just right off the bat. <laughs> you know, I was all excited. Yes, I am excited. Some of our audience right. might need instructions. We this don't is, know how long they've been correct. drinking. Dave had exactly. a plan. I altered it. This is a new record. <laughs> this show went off the rails before we even started recording. I mean, if it's two o'clock in the morning somewhere, they've already been pre-gaming. I, waiting for this. I'm usually starting on something new at 2 a.m. So. <laughs> I have to drink before I listen to this show. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. To another sud segment where we're staying six feet away from anything but a great beer. Mm-hmm. That's up close. Yep, right there, Dave. And in our face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Today we're going to have... Mike told me I'm number one. <laughs> a bottle share number one. <laughs> bottle shares are the beer nerd equivalent of a potluck dinner. Except there's no green bean casserole, thank God. And Aunt Flo is not invited. So... If you're rarely, if you really have to take home any leftovers, too, with that. Sorry, I didn't read the rest of that sentence. Bottle shares are also a great chance to share something new that you've been wanting to try and you're hoping that the other one brings it and, you know, or something that you've been saving for a while, waiting for a big share, you know? Something no? sitting in the cellar gathering dust. Yeah. Like, what am I going to drink this crap? Right, right, this right. This is terrible. How can I yeah. inflict this on other people? <laughs> How can I make sure Mike has to drink this raspberry beer? I brought beer? the green jello. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if they've had a few good things, then you can like sneak it in. River uh, Mark brings the ambrosia salad. Yeah. <laughs> Where? And, totally. Yeah, and the, the green jello salad. 
Nice. Two Reverend green Mark, jello how, salad. How many, how many potluck dinners have you done over your career? Oh, my God. It's like... I'm it's going to be like 3,000 plus. Yeah, I'm like into negative math almost on this. It's just So you're saying that we could have an entire show just based on potluck dinners alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that could be a podcast in and of itself. Where Mike. do you put that on your resume? You put that at the top or at the bottom or around the middle or you say, I am the green bean casserole king. I've yeah. had every version of green bean casserole there is. Yeah, I have. And also like the the this the spaghetti uh, and meatball um Oh, where like everybody brings we're, their own yeah, version yeah, of spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like Aunt Sally, she has oh. like 16 cats and it's like more like you got to look out for like, hairballs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's the hairball? What's the it, meatball? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, who put all the raisins in this uh, spaghetti? Oh, wait, I have rabbits. <laughs> so are you saying that you're, you are a, like a world-class expert of talking about knowing exactly the expiration date of the French onions? Yes. You can confirm yeah. or deny what is accurate or around that yes and it's it's also a testimony to the fact that i'm much i look much younger than i am because i have preservatives all throughout <laughs> my body all kinds of preservatives yeah, yeah. formaldehyde is in my blood reverend mark knows that the french onions should not be gray and slightly fuzzy <laughs> <laughs> a swollen can is bad do you, do you decide what you're going to eat like before you even walk up to the table it's like I know that's from I mean that's from Betty and last time I had that man I just did not feel good for like four couldn't, days. So I'm going to have everything on the table. You have to just that. make sure that you sample everything yeah. from from all the people from that all are the on, elders that are on your finance committee or the past parish relationship <laughs> committee. Exactly. You know, that's when it's got to be really tough to be the reverend because everybody wants you to try their. They food, do, yeah. and if you haven't, then they feel completely slighted. So yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the tactic with bottle shares that we're really missing here. Is you have to figure out exactly which beer that you're trying. You know, when you walk up to a bottle share, you know, yeah. it can be very strategic, and, huh? Well, one, we did have one person that used to show up at a lot of bottle shares, and we were like, mm, "No, I'm not bringing. I'm not going to have what Jerry brought. No, yeah. it's not happening." Well, one of these backwoods churches that I served after after service, we had lunch and uh it was asked of an elder if he wanted some more corn and he said uh yes and he put out his glass <laughs> you know very nice so. he's not wrong are you, he's a, not are, wrong. Are you a whiskey failure <laughs> Those Lutherans know how to party. <laughs> Took us off they script do. rather quickly. <laughs> it's Reverend Mark's fault, but you you said potluck dinner, and I'm like, got the world class potluck dinner expert sitting yeah. right here at the table. How can you not poke that bear? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've saved all their cookbooks too. So this stuff is going to live on. Mm. <laughs> Put the surprise into the surprise. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to ask what you're going to do in retirement anymore. Now I know. And if they quit making Velveeta cheese, I don't. I won't know what to do. Oh my god! Half the recipes will drop dead right there. God cream bless. Of mushroom cream of mushroom soup. Soup. Yeah. Yeah. And don't yeah. forget the spam. Yes. Oh, oh spam. Just now tuning in. This is a beer show. Yeah. But you wouldn't know it up to this point yeah all right let's rein it in so good boy well i gotta introduce everyone hey yeah. so at this table this fine table today is of, of potluck enthusiasts besides me gal juliana yes the fellowship table reverend mark say hello good morning and i'm your potluck king 
Good old boy, Mike. How are you? I am good, but I will not have that third slice of uh, the green jello whip pie. You sure? Yep, I'm positive. Come on. Yep, I'm going gro- to pass on that. Sorry. It's growing as we speak. Yep, it's it's garnished <laughs> with cat food. Just just, <laughs> <laughs> just the same way it was on vacation. Mm. No, I'm mm-hmm. not having that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You're, you're missing out. Mm. Good old boy, Drew. Hello. Hello, and save all the ambrosia salad for me. <laughs> he nice. loves the tiny marshmallows. Yes. Nice. I thought you'd go for the cherries personally. You know, I do enjoy those mascherino cherries. Yeah. I do. Oh, absolutely. Nothing about uh, nothing like red dum- red dye number five. I, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. It is red dye number five. It's no longer crushed up insect bodies. Yeah. So, He's yeah. pacing himself. Yeah. It's a pace thing. Now I know your Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> crushed up bug bodies. Ooh. Go to boy Dave. Say hello. You mind if I? Have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) That would be funny if he showed up at the the buffet table, wouldn't Mm -hmm. it? That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, awesome. All right. Good boy, Mike. Why don't you tell us the ratings for today? Well, today we're going to be discussing and rating these beers with the surge rating, plus our signature belts and sounds. And I'm taking on a casual accent today because we have a fine topic of where they're discussing from the bayou. I'm glad he told us what it was. That's right. I, I had no idea. <laughs> well, you know, in Louisiana, you drift between bayou and from southern Alabama a little bit. Uh, a little foghorn leghorn there. Foghorn leghorn. That's right. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So, uh, number one is that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. From Mike's accent. Yep. So, uh, number two, I go down Larry's uh, trail and he says, Was well, that a belch? Uh. Number three is, I say this to mama all the time. Oh, that was a relief. Uh. Number four, I go over to granddaddy's house and I, I look it up at him and I say, Boy, that bodice really not make that sound. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Number five is listen to hang time. Give me another, which is what I say to my daddy all the time. Okay, I don't want to know the story behind <laughs> that. So many questions. <laughs> well, you oh. can't have a ca- occasion conversation without bringing a family member into it. You know, like in the same sentence always. You know? Uncle Daddy. Uh, Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. Did Daddy I really again. say that? No, I hopefully not. Yet. Something about the medulla oblongata. Yeah. Ooh, bad. Okay. I feel the beer flowing. Well, speaking of the beer flowing, let's get to the beer. So for this potluck of sorts today, we're just going, um, the person that brought L Beverage will just speak briefly about L Beverage and then everyone will rate L Beverage. Oh, now we're bilingual. Yeah. I like it. Mm. Nice. Yeah. We're just, we're just, yeah. We're multicultural. We're adapting to everything. Moving right across the Gulf. Okay. And hey, <laughs> guess what? I get to start. <laughs> yes. So... I think people that have listened to this podcast before know that I have a love for everything in the Northeast, being that I am from the Northeast. And one of my latest favorite breweries is Equilibrium Brewery in Middletown, New York. And what I brought today is Austin. So historically, Equilibrium has been known for their IPAs, but they're also venturing into farmhouses. And what um, farmhouse style beers. So and what, if you're in a farmhouse, lock your door because they might just... Sorry. I you know, but if you're from that area, you're probably like, come on in. I'm just gonna sit here now. You better just stay there in the corner. 
And what I enjoy about Austin, this beer, um, is that they've been working on it for a while to develop their own house culture. This is 6% ABV, uh, which is really nice. And it's built by the inspiration to share beer with people close to heart. Just like you guys at the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are your knuckles white right now? <laughs> This beer is unfiltered, unpastured, naturally carbonated, and will continue to evolve over time if properly <coughs> cellared. Please don't throw up before you try the beer. No, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. I'm teasing you. This, is also, this also comes with versions um, that are fruited, but this version right now is just the, the base one. So tell me what you guys think about it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, this, this is, to me, the... Um with the moderate ABV of, of 6%, it is like the most traditional of all the farmhouse kind of ales that you could imagine. So, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's it, it's got a little funk to it, and yet it's, it's approachable. And so you want to drink more and more of it. So I loved our uh, conversation, um, you know, while we we're tasting this. And uh, so it, it tastes like something that's in development. Is this the first one they've released? This is their first version of the base that the they've first released. version of the base they've released. They're uh, all about the base. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely, you know, feels like that they're going through and experimenting, you know, with their health culture. Well, we'll be back with more discussion about equilibrium in Austin in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Today is a little potluck of sorts of all kind of sorts and the first beer that we were discussing before the break is from equilibrium brewing company in middletown new york and it's called austin and good old boy mike you yeah were talking? so uh some of my tasting notes uh very wine like i thought it had kind of a drying finish to it it's very grapey you know and it, it'll be it, it'll i think that this base will work very well for them to work through a wide variety of other sour beer projects. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with that. It uh, reminded me a lot of uh, a good Sauvignon Blanc, uh, perhaps even a Columbard or something a little more. Yeah, um, I agree. Exotic. I My notes was that it was a, a light sour. It was there. It got a little more sour as it warmed up. I got this sort of like pickled lime thing going on. Hmm. Um and then sort of lemongrass kind of notes. Um, but you know me, I'm always thinking about food. Drew, you are like the fanciest fancy boy I know. <laughs> oh, it's the nicest thing you've ever said I to I want to go back and drink that again. Yeah. I uh, I liked it. I mean, again, nice, straightforward farmhouse ale to me. Slightly funky. Everything you guys said. I really liked the way it finished. Um, but I thought it was a tasty beer. What did what would we rate this if we were going to do something like that? Looks like it's going to be a Suds 4. Uh, it feels uh, very sophomoric. I mean, I really look forward to the next uh, beer that they release with that house culture. Well, so, sophomoric is kind of our wheelhouse. Yeah. So, <laughs> And this is somebody that uh, has not put out a sour beer program previously. So It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Equilibrium has gone through a lot of the clean beers and a lot of the hazy beers and you know i think they've even experimented some pastry stouts so perish the thought yeah let's not bring that up anyway but yeah um but i like the way that they're doing it is that they're not rushing into it anyways moving on like we're about to (laughs) speaking of potlucks you know a lot of potluck dinners happen in trailer parks yep (laughs) 
potluck. So we have an interesting topic worth discussing today. We're headed to the state of Louisiana, where it's bounty of topics worthy of discussion. Yes, the location where sleeveless shirts as a matter of proper etiquette has decided to bring an alternative lifestyle to the bayou. It's called T-Boys Swinger Trailer Park, recently opened, and here are a few excerpts from their press release and website. It's located in Mamu, if you can spell that correctly, you're on, automatically a graduate of LSU, uh, the Cajun capital of the world <laughs> with a population of 3,000 people. Quite a few news stories and interviews from David Auken, the proprietor of the trailer park, who specified that you need to send a picture of your spouse in order to get approval to stay there at the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they got to have standards, I guess. They have lots of great things to do there as well. It's going to include a nude pool, a nude yoga stadium, a strip poker hall, and a key party cabana. Uh. <laughs> I like that all of us just looked up after key party and like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Wrong yeah. generation, right, Reverend Mark? Yeah. Um, so you got to really love their advertising hook. Bring your house and share your spouse. <laughs> There is a so trailers are what? not provided to that. <laughs> so listen, uh, I we missed David's press conference, and I actually would have had some follow up questions that I decided to put down and share with everybody today. So, David, if you can get back with us on these, I'd really appreciate it. You know, because I really have an inquiring mind. First off, did you lose your day job, and what was that day job? <laughs> Sailor <laughs> Park Supervisor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so do the spouse pictures need to be in color or is it okay for to have a high school yearbook photo or either of those? Okay. Clipped out from like a, you know, hustler magazine or yeah, I know. Yeah. Like you're really going to send a real picture of your real spouse. Something about a bait and switch in the uh, bayou. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this though. Like, so send a picture of your spouse. Does that mean you don't have to send your own picture as well? Uh, apparently not. And they didn't specify which spouse. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Is it okay to use one that they took at the Department of Corrections? Or yeah. same-sex oh, couples? I'm pretty sure that's where most of them yeah. are. same-sex couples welcome? Yeah. It all comes down to proper cropping. See, if you right. can just crop out where it says Department of Corrections out right. of the photo, you know, just right. get it yep. from the yep. chin yep. up, yep. basically, Reverend Mark, you know, that'd probably work. But I want to know if it needs to be in color, black and white. So it just really matters, you know. What if your spouse is imaginary? Yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, will you accept cryptocurrency as payment? You know, this is really important, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, so hot I'm right sure now. sure there's a lot of crypto <laughs> flowing through Momo. Uh, can I bring my own playing cards for strip poker? I like to play with my own playing cards, so, you know. <laughs> but nobody else does. Mike Mike only plays <laughs> yeah. with his own deck. I mean, how many articles of clothing do you have to have on for strip poker? Is it like four or five? I mean, I kind of want to know these things in advance. Um, you know, how do you get into this line of work? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know, it just... Literally a, every a job you apply for needs turns you down. Something better to do. So I just wanted to know. I mean, we're making fun of this guy, but you know, this is what America was built on—the entrepreneurial spirit and a slightly wait a second skewed sense of morality. I don't think there's anybody within like a 300 mile radius of this trailer park that can even spell the word entrepreneur. Okay, so well, no, it is based in French, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh-huh. we, we were kind of built on the BT Bar, Barnum maxim of a fool is born every minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question I came up with is, <laughs> does your spouse need to have any natural teeth and exactly how many? 
And did they have to be their own? Wood is a natural material. That's true. Do they have to be strategically placed? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if she has all of her molars and you like, you know, she doesn't have any of her front teeth. I mean, is that okay? Well, that's just so, that's you know, summer teeth. Summer yes. straight. Summer, summer teeth. Crooked. Right. Correct. Summer that's what messing. we're talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, the final question I came up with is, is it okay to bring my sister, who is always also my spouse? <laughs> so, Well, if you send her a picture and she's approved. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. wonder what the over-under is on pineapples and you know the little stars. So that was display. interesting, checking out the websites. You know, they had like all of this stuff, you know, with, with uh, pineapples on. The, they have a whole bunch of uh, merchandise. So they're yeah. all, they're selling all kinds of merchandise, hats and t-shirts and all kinds of stuff. But of course. That's kind of their logo. Is they like have, how did you the know, pineapple become the symbol of swingers? I don't understand that. And pineapple is symbolic of friends. Do, it is, yes. Yeah, do yeah. And pineapple pine- is very Southern. Do like the <laughs> Pineapple Growers Association, are they okay with this? So, like, do they officially are they sponsor, sponsor? it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Dole? I was is Dole secretly <laughs> a swingers Wait a cabal? We're not suggesting this. I don't want to get sued yet, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. you know, I'm just saying. Like, if that happened if, like eight listen, minutes ago before if, I charged into this, if you so. happen to go to T Boys Swinging Trailer Park, whatever, and every uh, drink machine happens to sell Dole pineapple juice or Dole soft drinks. I mean, you can kind of put two and two together. Yep. I mean, you'd be the only one there who could put two and two together, but, you know. <laughs> what would a pot- teeth or? What would a potluck dinner look like at a, you know, at a nude swinger trailer park? Ooh, just <laughs> don't bring any sizzling bacon. That's all I can say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, Fred, you're in the spaghetti sauce again. I mean, do you even use a napkin, you know, when you're not wearing any clothes? Are those raisins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. Where do you put your napkin? Yeah. That's what's my point. Do you just wipe it on your chest or on your thigh? Or, I mean, you know, where, where, I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Well. All right. So, I, Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's uh, topic-worthy discussion. If you'd like to post your own questions that you would have posed at, at David's, you know, press conference, I would really love to know what what other questions you know we didn't think of, you know, today. So, yeah, yep. Or if anyone has other topics worth discussing, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Back to more beer. There won't be any filtering of those topics whatsoever. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, no. except through our livers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Very good, Reverend Mark. Moving on. Yeah, Reverend Mark's up with the next beer. Speaking of Reverend Mark, yes, please do tell us what you brought today. Everybody's speaking to me, speaking at me. Well, the bottle share that I have for today is uh, not unique in any regard, unless you're looking for beer at Napco. Napco. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, you can find this most in any store. But I think it is like the quintessential... American Pilsner, and that's the Blackberry Farm Pilsner at 5%. It is brewed by our good friends uh, at the Blackberry Farm in Maryville, Tennessee, East Tennessee. Maryville. 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 And as we all know, it was their classic Saison that was and is sort of their their benchmark beer. Oh, true. Without a doubt. But uh, 
It's their classic Saison. Is it, their it, benchmark beer. It yeah. really, really, really is. Um, but I have really taken to this American Pilsner of theirs uh, for a few reasons. One is that it is derived from all locally grown grain sources. And so uh, cool. you have the Violetta uh, malt that is grown actually in Tennessee. And so, you know, I think if if nothing else, this beer suggests, uh, if you're in the state of Tennessee when you drink it at least, uh, terroir. That is, you are really tasting, you know, sort of the, the local land itself. Uh, this is not, well, maybe I should put it in, that's so earthy. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I should put it another way because they are. I got dirt in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't Martha's cow or not? Because I don't think it was. I think it's down at. Well, I uh, think, you know. That's Boudreaux's cow. For anyone who, who would be fortunate enough to be able to actually stay at Blackberry Farm. Yes. The, uh, I have the, once. Yeah. It's amazing. Have, oh, wow. Wow. Two it's amazing. High rollers. To be able to sit there and have this on tap at the at the resort, I think would be pretty amazing. Yeah. I wonder if they serve it in tanks. I just want the Willet on on tap. So I don't want And I will have to say I have I have been to the brewery uh tap room not too long ago, a month or so ago. Yeah. And I had it uh, fresh, you know, off off the tap. And it I mean this what we're sampling today is good, but it was just so, so good that day. Yeah. All right, Mike. Tell us what you think. I the first thing I wrote down is it's just super clean. Um, you know, I sometimes you get a pilsner and it's just kind of mess, you know, in your mouth. And that's what I really loved about it first was it had a very uh, squeaky clean, you know, kind of feel about it. There were a couple things that caught my attention. I thought it had too much body, and I enjoyed the conversation we had um, while we're tasting this. That this is an American pilsner. That was what you said, Reverend Merrick. And, you know, that might account for a difference because I didn't know if it was a lager or an ale. And you said it's a lager. And, you know, I think that I was always expecting kind of that real crisp, you know, kind of finish to it. And that really wasn't here. I thought it was a little bit sweet. Um, but I love the fact that Travis is um, stepping out and moving to more traditional clean line, you know, uh, beers and not just kind of resting on or or more importantly chasing you know trend elements um so one of the things i kind of fessed up to you is that right now you know my frame of reference of a really great pilsner is the Edmund zost pills that we had mm -hmm. um and it was one of our choices for a beer of the year uh, during that season as well that beer was so good and uh it was just so quintessential uh of a really great Pilsner on, that was made here in the U.S. Um, we've had some other, you know, great, great pills that have come through. Uh, we get uh, Pilsner Uruguay um, unfiltered on a pretty routine and regular basis, which mm -hmm. I would highly recommend if you ever have access to that, definitely to uh, go and grab that. But we've had some other good Pilsners that have come through. And I don't know, I just kind of felt like this kind of fell in the middle for me, you know, overall. I'd say that's a fair approximation, but I'd going to disagree it doesn't fall in the middle to me i think it's very well done uh it i i would say that it's not you know that czech style pilsner no, that, it's that, definitely not that what what right. you you know when you like oh, a lot of people are like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna drink a pilsner and that's just sort of where they go in their mind it's like yeah. you know uh, all those names that you rattled off i like it for what it is um you know an american pilsner um it's i wouldn't say it 
it, it had a, a, a an interesting element to me that reminded me a little bit of another beer made here in the U.S., here in Tennessee. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit of Yazoo Dos Peros in the fact that it tasted like it had flaked maize um, as an adjunct. It doesn't, <laughs> I don't I don't believe, so maybe there's some sort of yeast or <laughs> malt thing going on that I right. am equating with uh, with corn. Of but all of the beers you could have mentioned. I, I, you know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like a slap yeah, in the and face. that would definitely be a, describe a, a pre-prohibition pilsner, which there were plenty of those in the south. Sure. Yeah, at one time. So yeah, it's certainly not the same kind of beer by any stretch of the imagination. I get that, but that's just where my mind went. I, I enjoy the though. fish with the wet fish. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I like this beer a lot. I mean, just just drinking it, I really enjoyed it. I think th- this beer to me is a, an example of why correct labeling and titling a beer is very important because if you say it's an american pilsner then that sets the expectation if you if they would have said this is either just pilsner or a german pilsner bohemian pilsner czech pilsner whatever it would not be those right And and, and a lot of times breweries say you know czech style pilsner or german style pilsner but they don't really use those ingredients all the time. And if you don't use the ingredients and you don't follow the method, then what you're going to produce is I not that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know what their hop regiment was on this, uh, but you know, it's fair to say that it probably wasn't straight size. I really all the love way down. the story. I mean, I love the fact that it's you know a lot of local ingredients that they you know poured into this. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you, Dave. I think. Yeah. I think they, if they had just your look, you read the label. While we're so it says a classic pilsner, and classic is such an amorphous term. Yeah, right. It yeah. means what does classic mean to you? I would say classic American pilsner. I would Fair. say, you know, yeah. I think without reading it, I would have said, you know, I'm looking for a German pils. So, yeah. yeah. So you have to really kind of set the drinker's expectations, assuming mm-hmm. it's someone mm-hmm. who is, a, you know, a, an anal beer nerd who's like tried every specific type of pilsner and kind of thinks about the differences you know most people i think would just drink and go oh yeah it's an, it's a clean lager it's got a nice finish you know what do you think jb well the style guy the style that they have listed on untapped is that it's a czech pilsner interesting so, who put that in yeah i was about to say yeah. <laughs> I, like whoever checked it in, it in there, yeah. yeah well no i mean that's like when you look it up they it's, that's it. right okay. that yeah. it's a czech pilsner so i mean yeah. there's that but right mm, yeah yeah. Sure. That, Maybe that, opportunity to call a Tennessee Pilsner. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you, and I why love, not? I love that idea. Why yeah. wouldn't yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's even choice. better than American Pilsner because like that's really that. what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they're taking a standard style and they're making their making it their own, which is what they've been doing about their beer from the beginning. Yep. And that to me is a lot of love. Also, I mean, the Pilsner is such a great beer style to have any time of year and you can't hide anything with it so it's got to be good otherwise it's yeah right and this is good yeah it's i think the beauty of a pilsner and this falls within that rare category is that there's a lot of nuance in the flavors yes um but this is you can tell there's a lot of love even with something like this right and in spite of good boy mike we are <laughs> oh going God. to rate this a 5 yay we don't have opinions about anything at all i, I would be no. more than happy to pick up a pork barbecue sandwich and and a six pack of you know the blackberry farm pills the, the, sure. the blackberry farm 
Tennessee Pilsner. Yeah, yes. like going to call yes. it from now. Yeah. Absolutely, Roy. If you're listening to this man, just a little bit of slight branding change. I'm. We're all there. You know, with you. For we're sure. with you. We Tennessee can talk Brewery deal. for the win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, mm. good old boy Mike. Oh, yeah. here comes oh, the thunder. Let's talk about your happy beer. <laughs> I'm going to vamp a bit, you know, until the break is what I'm going to do. Oh. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a real vamper. So. Yep. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple of beers from Stillwater Artisanal. Um, and so uh, without, I'm going to talk about a stout uh, from them. And Drew is going to talk about a smoked double IPA uh, when we come back. What? Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode is all about potlucks and bringing something interesting to the table. I thought I was about to buy it at a trailer park. (laughs) And good old boy, Mike. So tell us about the beer you got. So I was uh, starting to introduce, uh, we have a couple of beers from Stillwater Artisanal. um, And we, uh, they were a gypsy brewer for a number of years. They were making beers at a lot of different places Mm -hmm. and they have settled into making it at a common facility in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, that is run by their distributor, 12%. There's a lot of beers that are made, you know, at uh, this same common uh, facility. But we have two very different beers um, that are that we're going to be introducing. I'm going to be talking about the beer that is called Something Meaningful. Um, this is an imperial stout that's brewed with Sangiovese grapes and aged in oak. Um, it's 12% ABV. And... Uh, this is kind of interesting. It really caught my attention. You know, I'm I'm a wine wine nerd at heart. I know Drew is, you know, as well. And we sit around and taste a lot of, you know, different beers all the time. And this one definitely caught my attention. I had not had this beer before our, our bottle share today. And I think that's kind of one of the interesting things. You know, when you go to a bottle share, you kind of have a lot of choices about what you can do. You can bring something, you know, like Reverend Mark brought the Pilsner. I knew he's had it quite a bit probably before he you know, brought it to the bottle share. I kind of went the other route, which is I brought a beer that I've never had before and I actually wanted to try it, you know, with a bunch of friends kind of all at the same time. So he came here with us instead. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, well, I didn't have any know. preconceived notions whether I liked it or didn't like it, you know. Um, so we have kind of a third category, which is I'm going to bring a unicorn and just, you know, kill it. You know, I know that everybody's going <laughs> to love these beers. So That's, We just lost our, you know, 12 year old girl audience right there. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I thought this was a really interesting beer what'd you guys think about it i enjoyed it um i'd had it once before in a similar setting no recording involved but uh really oh, I, some, sometimes i drink beer other than when he I'm gets here. around well, that really pisses me. Um, <laughs> i know i've been cheating on you um i my notes that i took on it uh that the nose of it i, I got like chocolate covered strawberries um huh. you know <laughs> which i just had some fresh ones of Fair. those from a awesome little chocolatier in memphis i won't say who they are but if you know that area you know who they are um drinking it i got a lot of like rich coffee roasty notes and then the sangiovese grapes came in on the back end it was uh it was nicely done wine in beer and wine and whiskey you know different types of finishes it always seems to be a bit of a you know crapshoot you never know what's you know, going to work well we've talked about uh, some other beers that kind of follow in this and you know one of our favorites is uh the dial in series um from um uh, uh the brewery in trillium. boston trillium yes um I've, I've been there 
plenty of times. I've heard of a that. lot of, yeah. yeah, they have quite a few. And that's actually blended, you know, grape juice with beers is the dial-in series. This, I thought, you know, what definitely caught my attention was that this is actually, you know, made with, you know, uh, the Sangiovese grapes. Mm. And I think one of the things that I really loved is um, that the beer is forward in this. And I agree with what yeah. Drew said. The wine is on the back end. What else do you guys think about it? No, I liked yeah. it. I think, uh, like what Drew said about the nose, chocolate-covered strawberries. Mm-hmm. I think chocolate and fruit is what I get out of this beer from flavor and aroma and really kind of nice it's kind of sticky too i like it thick mm-hmm. i know when i poured it it looked it was very very viscous you know it yep. made me think of jet out hunting for some food and up through the ground come a bubbling crude mm-hmm. but it 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 then just really presented a lot of really interesting flavors uh that i hadn't uh, anticipated it's it's a really great blending of like malt roast and tannic yeah. you know uh aspects of kind that dries beer. your mouth yeah, out yeah 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 and uh, you know, I also get some wood and some vanilla and some nutmeg, so hey. it's it's pretty interesting for a man. You're extremely age, that's interesting. Good news. Yeah, uh, Julie, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's lovely. Um, it's sticky, a little stickier than I would want, but that's okay. Um, I like the fact that there's the dark fruits are actually coming out in a lot of stouts. It gets muddled by the chocolatey roastiness of the stout. And this is like a lot more balanced. Um, and that sweetness at the end is really nice. And it's not super grapey either. There's, you know, a bit more depth to it. And I thought it was very enjoyable. Cool. Let's rate this up. So this is going to be a four. Cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. Good boy, Drew. All right, rolling into that, we dun, dun, dun. have another from Stillwater Artisanal. Um, it is a collaboration with Tired Hands. It is the Smoking Buddies Double International Pale Ale. International Pale Ale. That's interesting. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, we said double IPA, and I think we all assumed India, but international. Um, it is lightly smoked and aged on oak at 8% ABV. Um, I uh, don't generally like smoked beers but i'm interested to see what you guys have to say about it yeah that was my first uh you know reaction was there are not a lot of smoked beers i think the only one i really liked was the one from um uh anchorage brewing i want to say or alaska smoked Um, alaska baked alaska no, I don't. I don't know. I forgot which. It was a smoke porter. I want to say uh, mm. that we had. It was. It was an interesting. It was a very yeah. good beer. But you know, smoked is one of those things. Mm. Yes, it's very polarizing, and that's definitely what I found. You know about this, Dave. What do you think? So um, I, I'm very hit or miss on smoked beers too. Lone Pine in uh, Austin, Texas, uh, does a Grzitzki, which is a historical style which is a really nice uh kind of a smoky sort of sour beer what i like about this uh the smoke when it was colder the smoke was very upfront. the hops actually seem to have come out more in this beer as it's warmed a little bit huh. and the smoke is backed off yeah. for me a little bit yeah. and it's actually more balanced as it's kind of not warm but it's come up in temp a little bit i actually find it pretty enjoyable because the only thing that kills me about smoke beers is when the smoke just takes everything oh, over. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. This back, the smoke is backed off and it's actually nice. What do you think, JB? I am really enjoying this. There's smoke um, on the nose. 
it's smoky lactic acid with like a hint of alpha acids from the hop, but not a lot. And then you taste it and you get this creaminess. Mm. You get some smoke, but the hop balance creaminess smoke extravaganza is there. And this hides the ABV. I mean, what was it? Right. Shoot. Yeah. 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 This does not taste like an 8% ABV. And I thought it was really well thought out and it's not, overtly smoky, which some of those Roush beers can get, I mean, up in your nose and you're just... Feels like a full campfire. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We make smoke cigars, but we don't like to drink them. Right. Mm. It's lovely. Mm. Reverend Mark, what'd you think? Well, I think I'm on on board with everybody else and that we're going by the... uh, With with regard to smoke beers, that uh, less is more. Yes. And so I think this beer hits that and it's, uh, it's more on the nose and once you get into the uh, the aftertaste, then it's great. I did like. Um, to say one one note I, I took. It, it's it had this sort of like blue cheese characteristic to me. Both I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it because I always say weird things that then seem to you know make everybody else go. No, oh, what are really, you thinking? Yeah, really. No. But uh, it it had sort of this funky sort of nose to it, where the smoke blended with it, and then. There was a little bit of sweetness, but it, it is really well balanced. I don't normally like smoked beer, but I did like this. Leave it to Drew to get cheesy. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time, man. Uh, so I had one comment to add was I actually had a lot higher expectations of the quality of the Deepa that, you know, Tired Hands would actually bring quite a bit of their presence, you know, with hot blending, you know, to the table. And I just, you know, I just thought it was kind of a muddled, you know, Deepa that, you know, was there. So anyway, I just thought I'd add that. One thing out the balance out all this love fest. Yeah. Mike, good old boy, Mike. We don't care about <laughs> your thoughts. <laughs> In fact, you know what? I'm keep just your- voting over here in the corner all by myself. Yeah. We bring you here for your looks, not your thoughts. Keep your love fest in the trailer park. You're Us mere I'm, mortals. I'm the. I'm the uh, I'm the hookup to take you to the trailer park. Okay, well, what are we? Us mere mortals are going to rate this for. All right, uh, we actually like beer. Yeah, so. good old boy Dave. So the beer I brought today is from Prairie Artisan Ales, um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Greeley, or wherever the crap they are now. Um, Funky Gold Mosaic. So this is part of their uh, uh, series they do where they take their Prairie Gold. Uh, which is a highly effervescent saison fermented with a mix of ale yeast, wine yeast, lactobacillus, and two strains of Brettanomyces. Um, so they take a saison, they add a whole bunch of stuff to it, a mixed culture, and then what they've done here is they dry hop a batch of it with mosaic, my favorite hop, and um, I it's 6.5%. I think that's right in the wheelhouse where it should be. I really like the very stratified flavor profile of this beer. And I love what Mosaic by itself does to pretty much any beer. So tell me what you guys think. Well, I remember the other funky gold versions of this. Now, Amarillo. Right. If you're a fan of Mosaic, then you're going to love this. I agree. And I I think... For me, also as far as sours go, that there was the right level of acid in this beer mm-hmm. that I don't like it overly acidic. So it was a right is a really really good level of that, and it also finishes off dry enough to promote the hop aroma that it uh, 
you know pretends to have so and it, it does it, it comes through but i think that's partly because it's uh well attenuated so Sounds and kind of like dry wants to get funky <laughs> so it was nice <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think if you like any of the Funky Gold series, you know, you're definitely going to, you know, enjoy this one. It it's just a very pleasing, easygoing, you know, kind of sour beer. It's very approachable, you know, for sure. Um I have to say I was disappointed that the hops were not more pronounced. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I think that was one yeah. of the things I really remember about the Amarillo was it was like this really incredible balance and it was just this really great experience of a yeah. great base beer and excellent use of you know the of a hop that really worked well with it and i had very high expectations that uh, that this would come close i have to say that that kind of set me up you know they made such a great beer with the with the other version i was a little disappointed with this but still really great i if you love anything in the funky gold series you're definitely going to love this beer well my view also is dry hopping is quite an art and also uh, you really need to consume a dry hop beer locally and this stuff ships i think it's really so you're saying it, i think it got lost in transition i think it does yeah, i really yeah. do i really do this just looks like my urine <laughs> <laughs> very true I, I liked it which is you know I, if you've listened to the show before at all i i can't imagine why you would have but uh i don't generally like mosaic why people would listen to it before <laughs> uh, i know uh, when i'm not here you know. oh uh, yeah, that's true but uh <laughs> that's fair yeah <laughs> I, I took notes that it, it had sort of this like melon and like balsamic vinegar kind of thing going on. Um, the, the funk was there. Uh, when it was colder, it was a little more muted. As it warmed up, it got better. You know, shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Cool. cool. Well, we're going to rate this a four. Uh, uh, in spite of Mike. <laughs> continuing in spite of Mike. Is that yes. our new tagline? Yes. <laughs> Sip, Seth, and Smokes. Every beer's a one. <laughs> Everything worth discussing in spite of Mike. <laughs> well, I, I really love how we uh, combined all these high-quality, you know, potluck beer, you know, choices um, today. So, <laughs> what would you have so with which the green one of these, casserole? Yeah, which one of these beers would pair best with green bean casserole? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me think about that. That's all right. Well, okay. I, I think uh, I, I would. So here's the deal. So green bean casserole is usually what? Uh, so beans, uh, cream of mushroom cream soup, cream of mushroom, and some French onion. So I with throw that, almonds in personally. Do you? Well, you're a connoisseur. So here's my deal. I would I would probably say that Mike's uh, stout. To me, would add because of those wine notes on the back end. That's the one I would. Go wow, with. that would be a yeah. really funky combo for yeah. sure in terms of pairing. Well, I was just thinking or, the earthy notes from the mushrooms, and you know. and, and I think secondly, the Stillwater smoked deeper because if Aunt Sally burned the beans, mm. it'd go it go. You right know, it would. It, yeah. it would hide a lot of sins, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I yeah. was thinking that one with the with the baked beans that somebody yeah. always brings. Just I just got four cans of baked beans and put them in a. Tupperware. Yeah. There's yeah. hot dogs in there. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of that Pilsner and I'm probably going to keep on drinking it for a very long time. And yes, it is at a lot of local barbecues and for good reason. Sure. You know, I, I will say that is 
going to be around for a long time. Just change the label, man. Just say American Pilsner. Okay, so quick Tennessee question Pilsner. for everyone. Do you strategically think about the type of beers that you have when you're at a potluck? Like, do you drink the stouts first and then ease in? Do you do all the IPAs and the saisons and then go into the stouts at the end? I, I'm usually uh, making a judgment a call guy? based on what I want my my mental health, you know, version sure. to be. Sure. If 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 there are a lot of people there yeah. I don't want to talk to, yeah. I'm gonna be drinking all the high ABV products okay. right yeah. up front. Yeah. You know, Solid strategy. That's where you get that's where you get your personality. Yeah. Yeah. High yeah. ABV yeah. You know, when somebody leans in and says, So, how's your athlete's foot going? I go, hang on, now I'm some more of the twelve percent sound. You know? <laughs> so, it's expired and gone to see its makeup. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Give me those triple imperial stouts yeah. right yeah. now. Stack. You know? <laughs> Just fill up on the bread and then Drink all the beer. Yeah, yeah, when you're walking up to somebody going, so how's your third divorce going? You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you want to take over a beverage with you at the That's same time. That's why I came to the potluck. Yeah. Number know. four. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you what, the third version of your green mold jello is just really awesome. Is so. this venison? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's a little gamey. Is that vintage pork and beans? <laughs> Wait, let me scrape the penicillin off of that. It'll so, be just fine. Yeah, bring beer from your cellar, yeah, not, not food from your cellar. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us today. Look at all the knowledge you learned with us. Wow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, please do yourself a favor and tap. Give it a little tappy. Tap that subscribe button. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry. Play podcasts, sip suds and smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter each day at SipSudSmokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And please, please do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, it's a big, big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Well, I guess it's that time where we say goodbye to everyone. Reverend Mark, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's been a scream. Good old boy, Mike. Pass me a few extra uh, Parker rolls. I need that to uh, sup up, you know, <laughs> a little bit of the uh, cream mushroom, you know, uh, salad here. Good old boy, Drew. <laughs> hey, oh. uh, come back and join us for another exciting episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Sorry, I you were to keep done. on sipping. I'm almost done. He's never okay. done. <laughs> well, maybe he's not. Good old boy, Drew. Well, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Good old boy, Dave. It's been great sharing all this <laughs> Pot with you guys. Wow. And I feel lucky. David, we affirm you too. (laughs) This is Girl Gal Juliana. Hey, I would swing with any of you guys, okay? (laughs) At the trailer park. (laughs) Words of affirmation. Whoa. Wow. Too soon? The benediction? Too way too soon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is Girl Gal Juliana. Thank you so much for getting to this point of the episode. Keep on chuggling, and we'll see you next time. This is 
been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. Thank <laughs> you.